0: everyone, I know it has been close to two months since I uploaded a new episode of The Alison Pod and to be honest, the last two months have been very crazy and very hectic at work Um, I always believe that putting out a quality episode that I am 200% satisfied with is my top priority and I will definitely not compromise on this even if it means uploading less regularly but um, I just thought that since this would be the last episode of the Edison pod for the year, I want to thank everyone for coming on the show and collaborating with me so readily. Um, A few days ago on 9th December 2021, I looked back at my Instagram history and realized that I posted this screenshot of a text that um, I sent to Charlene. Last year on 9th December 2020, I was chatting with Charlene, and I told her, hey, you know, I really want to start a podcast of my own and I would be very glad to have you as my guest and we can, you know, just chat about bags because last year, Charlene helped me um, purchase my first luxury bag. So I just blurted this out. I totally forgot about it until I came across the screenshot again this year. When I saw the screenshot, I was just filled with gratitude and thankfulness that, you know, Charlene and obviously every single one of my other guests on the Edison Pod just, you know, so readily come on the show to help me fulfill this little dream of mine. Um, this podcast has been such a great creative outlet for me to express myself and also to train myself to be sharper in articulating my thoughts and opinions and also to be a better listener um, so that I can s- and share the stories of my guests. I am also really, really excited to share that because of the Alison Pod, new doors of opportunities have opened up for me and I have been given the chance to produce another podcast with Singapore's top financial podcast. I can't share much at this stage, but I will definitely be sharing this in due time when the new podcast has been launched. So yeah, I'm just really, really thankful. And also, I just want to give a big shout out to everyone who, you know, came on the show as a guest and obviously to every single one of you who have tuned in wherever you are, I hope that, you know, listening to the SM Podcast has brought a smile to your face or, you know, just opening... different point of views there are to looking at a situation so don't worry i still have a few more episodes lined up before i end season one of the allison pod thank you so much once again and let's get on with episode five today we have two very very special guests they are sisters and the first time i have sisters on my show (laughs) they are josie and her sister michelle Hello, this is Josie
1: here. Relationship as sisters, ah, huh? I mean, I'm the better one, at all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I guess this is the relationship. <laughs> <It> is.
1: <laughs> the reason why we are here also is because we're going to be talking about our
0: other sibling, Joseph. So there are four of us in total. Okay, so before we go into today's topic, which is actually having a sibling with special needs, which is actually quite a heavy topic, I would say. We'll start first by introducing how did myself and Josie meet. So Josie and I met because of our other friend, G. (laughs) Hi, G, if ya. are listening and you know who you are she and i met when i was uh, doing an internship and then during our internship she actually talked about josie and she said like oh actually Josie is in the same school as you so if you have the chance to take the same classes then you can go and say hi to her so i was like oh okay who is this josie like show me some pictures so that at least i can identify her if i do see her in school <laughs> and then following my internship i think maybe i can't remember immediately or maybe a few semesters later then we were in the same class and I was the one who approached Josie first I said like, hey, are you Josephine? Because I didn't want to call you like Josie <laughs> Without being, I mean we're not, not yet me, Correct yeah. So I was like, oh hey, are you Josephine? I was like, oh I'm G's friend <laughs> Then we were like, oh yeah, hi Then we were a bit awkward But I think our relationship grew a bit closer only Which Last me. year yeah. Last year I remember she texted me, she said Hey, how come you follow Ravi? Because Oh my god, <laughs> really? So, of us got closer because we watched the same variety show, and she found out because I was following Ravi. And then nobody in our social circle follows Ravi except me. So she texted me. She's like, "Hey, do you watch Today One Night? Why do you follow Ravi? Like, how do you know him?" I was like, "Yeah, I watched Today <laughs> So ever since, I, if I'm not wrong, maybe last year, then we started to text like almost every day, <laughs> especially like recently. About, yeah. <laughs> yeah, about uh, whether or not we've watched the episode. The funny things <laughs> yeah. that happened And then hey, How uh, much we
1: think that Ravi is so cute <laughs> Together with
0: our beloved Sonho <laughs> This week is actually a particularly tough week for us If you know, you know But yeah, so that was how we met So very similar lah So
1: um, the other side was So G told me about this friend that um, you know, that she interned with And then she was saying like Oh you know, she's called Alison And then she was describing this girl And I was like, oh okay how So this girl is... is quite petite lah, you know <laughs> And then that when I actually met her in person in class when I you know like put two and two together that this is the Allison I was like, oh my gosh, she's so tiny. <laughs> <laughs> like it's tinier than Tinier than I expected because I'm quite tall.
0: And G is tall. G is taller than you, right? Slightly taller. I met Michelle through Josie of course and I remember I saw one of her IG stories and I kept laughing at it because she was so damn funny. And then I asked Josie to send me that piece. So we have Michelle. okay
2: oh, myself, that I'm very interesting. I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. josie's a TikTok, Josie's younger sister, and I am. I'm basically a leech. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, so maybe we should go straight to our topic for today, which is siblings with special needs. Maybe just also to introduce um, our siblings. So for myself, I have a younger brother who is three years younger than me. And Josie and Michelle, you have? So between
1: us, we have two other siblings. Um, Michelle and I are seven years apart. And then I have another sister who is three years younger. And then um, I also have Joseph who is nine years younger than myself. And yeah, Joseph has Down syndrome.
0: Maybe you can explain what Down syndrome is in in a brief.
2: So Down syndrome is a genetic mutation that you're born with. So in your DNA, you have 21st chromosome. You have three instead of the usual two. And usually people recognize Down syndrome in physical traits like almond-shaped eyes, like stubby fingers, flat nose. But all in all, it's more of their... Personality-wise, most of them are quite
0: affectionate. And they are very, very outgoing, most of them. Okay, so for myself, my younger brother is diagnosed with Asperger's Syndrome. So Asperger is a neurodevelopmental disorder characterized by um, social interaction and non-verbal communication. So basically, if you spend enough time with my brother or if you interact with him in a social setting, you can tell that he is not very good with speaking to people or he behaves a bit more awkwardly and they also have very specific interests. So for my brother, he likes dinosaurs since young and he would be very very interested in like the names, you know, where they are found in, their diet etc etc. Although this is not inherited, there are underlying like genetic disorders la, that may or may not be uh, proven yet, so we still don't know if Asperger is genetic in that sense. I mean, because Joseph is the youngest sibling out of your family, right? So how did you know of, or realise that hey, um, Joseph is special, he is different from the rest of your you, yourself as well as your siblings? I
2: think we didn't know. <coughs> we were very young. I was, I was only two years old, so I just thought like, when mommy was carrying the baby home, For me, it was my first time having a baby come home. Like someone younger than you, right? Yeah, because my sisters had, like, experience with, like, (laughs) like, other sister and, like, me. And our cousins.
1: We are very close to our cousins. So, like, whenever they are born as well, like, we have experience with sort
2: of raising them. We are, like, siblings as well. Just excited. So, I didn't know if, like, anything was off. But on hindsight, Zezai said that she said mommy was a bit, like, quieter. Like, oh, let's faster, like, get the baby, like, cut the text and everything but for me i was like oh there's a baby there's a baby i didn't understand what was going on i was was two years old so to me it was like oh there's a new baby i knew a baby is like a human but i knew it was not a toy yeah but then like when i first understood like my parents sat me down to explain what special needs was Mm -hmm. how old were you a vivid memory for me was like i was five or six and then the day after I remember going to my kindergarten class and telling my whole class, my <laughs> brother has special needs, my brother got dance interest. I'll tell like my classmates, I'll tell my teachers if hey, my teachers like were even interested. So I I didn't know that like people saw it as like a
0: negative. You were proud that your brother is like special That he was different yeah. I
2: didn't see it Like as a Negative thing It was like You're different You're so special Yeah. Mm. what about
0: yourself?
1: Um. Well I was 9 <laughs> When Joseph was born So I was obviously A little bit more aware Of like things That were going on I actually don't remember How old I was When I already knew What Down syndrome was But we also have a neighbour Who has Down syndrome mm. And then I was already in primary school Right So in primary school We also had Other students Who were With Down syndrome as well so I was actually part of this buddy reading program and I read to students with Down syndrome. So it was an opportunity for me to actually like you know interact with them. I'm not sure whether it was actually happening like before Joseph was born or only after Joseph was born that I was more like aware of you know um people with Down syndrome which is why I took part in that program but your parents
2: like talked to you about it actively or it was just like a
0: that
2: they should know. Wow. I don't <laughs> actually remember. I think mommy and daddy just want us to have fun with the new sibling. Yeah. They didn't really put in any like expectations like, Oh, this, your sibling got special. You mm. must like take care extra. Mm. I mean, I wouldn't know that like, I only got like one. one. Number, <laughs> <laughs> but like, for me, I just remember my parents like, They let me play with my brother a lot. Because a few years ago, daddy was talking about how, Yeah, you need to stimulate their senses mm. a lot. So that's why like Joseph having like Three tzs was like Super good for his like Early development Cause we were like Playing <laughs> with him Yeah So like Joseph can cycle
1: He can run He can even like Plan how to Pull pranks on people Which is actually Something that a lot of People with Down syndrome Are not able to do Some of them even have Like difficulties um, Walking or even chewing When they eat Yeah and Joseph really like Aside from you know Slower numbers Slower logic He's actually quite, capable. I wouldn't say normal
2: la, but he's very capable, quite independent. Because one of the traits of having Down syndrome is you have a lower muscle tone. All the muscles in your body, like, tire out faster. Mm. Muscles including your heart, your arms, your legs. So, running around would have been an issue for Joseph if he wasn't as, as stimulated cumulative. as he is. Yeah, Joseph <laughs> is so strong that he can carry me bridal style and... He can carry all three of us like individually, of course, but he can carry us bridal style. It's really a feat because other people with Down syndrome, they might not be able to
0: do this. Mm-hmm. So for
2: myself, I actually also
0: don't remember much. So my brother was, I was three and then my brother was like obviously zero. But somehow in, I think I was in primary four and then he entered primary one. He started to exhibit some signs. So obviously for Down syndrome, from birth you can already sort of detect right but for Asperger it's like true behavioural patterns that you might suspect that hey is there something special about him that needs to be addressed early especially. So I remember when I was in primary 4 and he was in primary 1 he would always like hug his friends very very tightly cause I was in dance CCA last time and we would like have performances he would like go up to the front of the stage and shout like so I was a bit like okay I mean I'm not embarrassed or what but I knew that as someone who is aware of your social surroundings you wouldn't do such things and then like it got to a point where it got a bit like my memory a bit fuzzy where like my brother was always in like doing IQ tests doing various like um psychological tests to ensure like you know the diagnosis is right and then this word asperger came out and then once he was diagnosed um, my parents had to hire like a shadow teacher to be with him in school to ensure that basically like a one-to-one teacher to just take care of him in school and make sure that he doesn't hurt himself or you know wander off yeah and basically just keep him safe lah. so that was when i sort of found out like hey okay my brother's a little bit different and my parents attention started to shift very heavily towards him which means I sort of was forced to grow up faster and I had to be independent quickly yeah that was my experience of knowing that my brother was diagnosed and thinking back I'm not sure if my parents should have sat down like what your parents did with you to like explain to you what's going on instead of wondering like- how come now
1: they are like focusing so much on Titi? Yeah. What about me?
0: I think it wasn't yeah. the wondering. It was more of like an unspoken thing. Like, as a teacher, you should know that you are expected to know how to be a good girl, quiet in, and just don't make us worry because we already have Titi to worry about. Mm. Yeah. Other than our parents, how did your friends react? I mean, you mentioned that you shared with your kindergarten friends. You know that your brother is special needs but like as we grow older in primary school even secondary school and up till now do you like actively share that your brother is special needs or you know if your friends ask you let's say you post on social media will
2: yeah that part about the the what does your brother do always like has to come with an explanation yes, I like <laughs> if they ask oh uh, how old is your brother and i was like oh my brother is 18 yeah then like oh what's he doing is he in the army what will happen is i was like oh sorry i have to go home now because i have to like Take care of my brother or something or like oh I I can't like hang out now because I have to like put my brother to bed. Then they'll be like oh how is your brother like? Why do you need to? Yeah they're probably yeah. expecting would like, they oh you have... have like a yeah. six year old brother or something. I'm like, I'm like oh my brother's nineteen. Then then they look at me and I'll be like he has special needs like he has Down syndrome. Then they'll be like oh uh-huh. oh okay. Then like their face will change and become like like oh I'm so sorry. Then I'll be like it's okay. Why? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. all like, like I did my FYP on. Down syndrome. I had to present to my entire class, my entire cohort about special needs. I also introduced my brother during the presentation, and then I think some of them, their faces. Oh, and then I think someone said, "Oh, I'm so sorry." And then I was like, "Why? Like the whole point of my FYP was to normalize special needs." So I was like, "Okay, um, there's no need to be sorry because I think my brother is like awesome, happier than you." For me, I think like the people who really, who know are actually
1: all my close friends. Like all my close friends know about Joseph. They've interacted with him. Did they know
2: him before they know you?
1: Yeah, they know him. In
2: church. People Uh. in church. Yeah,
1: a lot. He's very sociable. So like once in a while, when we're walking like around the church area, we'll have people from church, right, saying hi to him. And I'll be wondering like, who is this person? Or like people who say like, oh, how's your brother? They'll ask me. And I'll be like, like, do I know you? It's quite strange, but we've like gotten used to that, especially when we're around church. I will know that it's church people. But I think for me, um, yeah, I'm very open, like always been very open about, you know, my brother having special needs. All my friends know that and they are all, I think maybe because we're older, we're all very accepting that, that Joseph is different, but it's not a bad different. And they also know that because I'm a taz, yeah, so like I'm naturally very protective over Joseph. We all hang out and then once in a while, I'll tell them about Joseph and they'll be like, Oh, he's so cute. It's a lot of understanding, a lot of love, actually. A lot of love from my friends for my younger siblings. Not just Joseph, but also this Michelle who is here with us today. (laughs)
0: And the other sister. I think for me, I used to hide it. I would like say like, oh, uh, my brother's studying. You know i mean when it was the studying period or like oh yeah he's in if they ask like oh where i'll be like oh he's like in primary school or he's in secondary school so um it was until i think when he was like 18 like going to army that uh, people started saying like oh so he's 18 so is he in the army then i'll say like okay because for asperger he's actually by right exempted so he's like i think it's pass f if i'm not wrong but my dad um, said that if let's say even the army exams him then how would employers in the future like look at him so he sort of wants my brother to become normal so my dad said okay let's like bump him up to pass E and then have him go for BMT so during BMT I mean like obviously he's not the kind who would follow instructions and you know when he needs to walk around he would just get up and walk you know he wouldn't feel like okay this is not the right time to walk you know because they they can't really sense the social space around them so then i think he was in there for maybe three or four weeks and i remember i was a bit upset because i was on exchange so i didn't get to you know see him uh, enter the army but in like four weeks or so he was out so they bumped him back down to pass f so after that obviously it was the question of then what's next so it was only when you know these situations made it obvious that he is special that when friends ask me like okay so what's he doing now or how's your brother I, I became more acceptive to share like oh yeah my brother's special needs so he's exempted from the army and then my, my dad has plans for him to help in the family business lah. so that's why my dad set up soy ink and before that desert story to let my brother have a business or like at least have an asset that he can earn a passive income in the event let's say I married and he won't have to be a financial weight on me because I mean unlike the four of you it was it's just me and my Mm. brother so the obviously the taking care if let's say my parents are no longer here would for me so that's my dad's plan for now in terms of helping my brother become uh, sustainable financially. Yeah. What are some of your childhood favorite memories of your sibling And what is one thing that you wish or want to do with your special needs sibling But you're unable to do so because of his current condition
1: Well actually every time I spend time with Joseph is a very precious memory Because I feel like he surprises me each time Like whenever he, for example, pulls a prank on me Sometimes I completely don't expect it And then it becomes another part of a cherished memory of Joseph You know, it always surprises me whenever he he can do stuff like that Or like when he speaks very well Because sometimes he gets very excited And then he speaks a little bit more gibberish So when that comes out very clear It's still considered a very precious memory lah Because then that's a
2: time where I can actually really fully understand him I think for me Last time Titi and I used to be very very close Because like JJ would be like Studying in school Having like PSLEO levels Then I would be in Alone. Lower <laughs> primary Yeah So like After like kindergarten Then like You know Kindergarten ends very early We, we come home by 12 And then <laughs> Titi would also be home by then Usually So we would We would play together You know the masa masa The cooking set and then we have a lot of time together. So I was very, very close to Titi up um, until I was about 15 years old.
0: When you started to become busy yourself, right?
2: Yeah, and also like, you know, like that teenager face. Just like, if you want to be alone, nobody understands. Yeah, so I, I it was my, actually my biggest regret that I started shutting my brother out. Like, even though he's so innocent and like, he just wanted to make me feel better. But like, I stopped, like, having him around me, like, inseparable. Actually, nothing, you know.
1: Because, really? Because, like, for me, like, my whole life is about Joseph being the way he is, right? It's something that I've never actually, um, thought of having otherwise. But if you really want to say like that, maybe, right, you know, there are four of us, you know, like, four of us siblings, right? I wish we could play majong together. <laughs> Okay, that's an interesting way to put it Like since there's four Right eight, It's like perfect Yeah, but no lah I think I, I really really love Joseph the way he is And I wouldn't want him to be any other way else So there's no other way that you know mm. Other things that I would wish I could do
2: with him Yeah Why wow, you say something like this it Makes me feel like I'm like the best So <laughs> like for me um, One of my very close friends Has like a younger brother And like she'll always tell me like Oh she went to his room to pester him And like Make him lie on her or something Then like Every time she, she says that Sometimes Okay not every time Sometimes I'll be like Oh I, I wish I could like Just like, Go yes. to Joseph's room yeah. To like have him like Converse with me On like Things that I want to talk about lah Or like you know like Like if I want to talk about boys You have me You're not a boy <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just a male perspective Yeah Like uh, a guy's perspective.
2: Pers- like, I, perspective Like I, I, I can't ask my dad right Like <laughs> I mean I can but I prefer not to And like, even asking like my guy friends It's not the same It's like I don't know if they're really looking out for me You know like if it's my brother like Like, like come i help yeah. you yeah. Or like even like asking my cousin is a bit like Distant yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah She just wants advice from a boy <laughs> That's close to her That won't to her Yeah but I mean I do agree Because like you have each other right I mean you the middle sister and then Josie yeah. But for me because I means just the both of us so sometimes I do feel that I am like the only child mm. so that makes me feel a bit like I tend to want to go to my friends more so I will have a lot of close friends that I can rely on you know sometimes you know we're at the age where our friends are getting married and they're having like their first kid right mm. and then they're like oh will you have another kid then they're like yeah of course you know I grew up with siblings Um, you know I don't want my child to be lonely but when I hear that right to me it's like Hmm, but I have a sibling, but yet. You can't really. I, yes, really? I feel like there's no diff with another sibling. So I cannot have that sibling interaction that you and, and Michelle have. Mm. Yeah. So that is something that. Like, I mean, obviously, the next thing would be like, you know, I want to just rant about things. Like, let's say our parents. That I, I just can't go to him and say, like, oh my god, you know, mom just drove me crazy or, or, or whatever. Or like, you will definitely like face this kind of problem next time so you can come to me. You know, we just will not face the same issues of the same things that we face in life like love, dating definitely that's not something that my brother would be
1: able to talk to you yes, about yes correct yeah.
0: but I mean besides that there were a lot of childhood memories that I treasure so uh, we will always like play together because our age gap is quite close mm-hmm. I remember when we were um, staying in a three-story house we would have this tent and then we would always like like you, we will always play like Masa Masa together and then I will always think like I'm the princess so he's like the prince So we will always like um dance together. Mm. I think like when I was maybe four when my brother was just starting to walk, I would play the aqua song, the i <laughs> and then we were like I would pretend that I was like filming the MV for I'm a Barbie girl. <laughs> I don't that's the like official name for the I think it's called oh, barbie girl but, um, <laughs> at,
1: least, at least your brother was your the side guy you know My, yeah. my younger siblings right <laughs> Was
0: my pet dog in my pet He <laughs> didn't enter my house That's like Jeje's advantage <laughs> <laughs> But you also Jeje <laughs> tell what, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah but I mean I, yeah. <laughs> Those memories that I have like You know this barbie girl memory Was before he was diagnosed So to me that was when he was normal Like mm. I mean not that he's not normal now But he's like special now you know so at that time when things were still like innocent like normal don't worry about <laughs> yes correct I, I wouldn't notice that something is off it's, it's at a, from zero to 10 at that time it was still like i had that sibling that i could play with it was only after the diagnosis then things started to change a bit for me but i think even as we grew up you know when i was in secondary school i think he was like you said you know special needs um children are very very loving and helpful and for my brother he would always offer to buy food for me because i'm like so damn lazy to go down and buy food right he will always like volunteer to buy food for me so i would always joke like oh you know when i'm like giving my wedding speech i will definitely like thank my brother for buy food for me all these years you. i think the only regret that i have is that i don't have that sibling relationship that you and middle sister and Michelle. Michelle have with each other that you can like rely on each other yeah. and have that person that you know will have your back. In my brother's diagnosis, I was forced to go up very quickly. And I think looking back, I mean, I didn't realize this until very recently, but somehow or other, like the resentment just built over the years. And it was not only until maybe last year or this year that I started to realize like, hey, actually I felt, unfair i felt that why did i have to go through all that without having an outlet to process my emotions like when i was back in school when i was studying looking back i felt the need to do very well so i would always want to like get top 10 in cohort i would always want to um you know go to the community center and receive the bursary every year yeah and i did it so in secondary school i was like very very good at my studies and subconsciously I think I did it because I wanted them to pay attention to me Mm. like I always branded myself as the good girl but I didn't know that actually I did it not because I really wanted to be a good girl or that I'm naturally a good girl it's like I had to force myself to say like okay if I am a troublemaker I would have it like way worse
1: and nobody will want to talk to you yes like
0: I will be like I'm already so busy taking care of your younger brother. Like, why can't you just
2: do correct,
0: yeah. be a good girl? Like, that was the term that was always like used on me. I feel all like they will say, "You are Why da 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 da, da. Yeah. Oh my or God, why do you? Know? Yes. So then, subconsciously, I would always have that at the back of my head, and now it's starting to come out. I feel that hey, I think I should have process my emotions then. But I mean, I wouldn't have known that You were though. young also. Yeah, not know how to process. Correct. And the
2: both of you got first daughters.
0: Correct. Of
1: course. <laughs> I mean, we are tajias leh. Yeah. You know,
2: whether it's one sibling
1: or three siblings, yeah. we are tajias.
0: Yeah. So then, then I would always feel very unfair. Like, we are Like, nobody asked me to be, you know, big sister. Why do I have to shoulder this kind of like,
1: responsibility? Yeah, like this,
0: unknown responsibility that because I'm a sister, I need to do this or not do this or have to behave a certain way yes correct yeah. so i think that sort of impacted the way i grew up and also um now that you know we're at a life stage where we are thinking about whether or not we want kids i mean mm. theoretically we don't need to think about
2: it because we're not even <laughs> <as much.
0: laughs> but i mean, i would like then think like hey actually i don't know if this is genetic because i mean asperger is not not known to be genetic right Mm. but what if i'm a carrier because i mean i've read reports that actually um asperger shows up or autism because asperger is a form of autism what if it shows up i mean it does show up more in boys but that means that i'm a carrier so that means if i have a boy the chances of them having special needs could be higher Mm. or that if i have a girl then she might be a carrier also then to me it's like
1: it might be affecting your time. Correct.
0: And, and I don't know if it's a selfish thought lah to you know limit my options because of hereditary issues also. And that makes me feel like I cannot, or rather I don't want to raise a kid with special needs because I don't want my child to go through whatever, you know, the harsh reality of life, especially in Singapore. The kids that go through the education system and all that, I just feel it's very unfair. So, not just, like, me growing up, but also moving forward. How do I want to live my life in terms of... growing up as well. Yeah, like, my brother is, like, always going to be a weight on me. I mean, I cannot deny that. Mm. But also, like, then do I want to have kids? Because it also affects, like, my partner. Like, when I get to my partner, the first thing I will say is, actually, I have an Asperger brother, and that it is a... It's a one-for-one Mm. Like, I will definitely have to take care of him forever. Like, even if you're not here, he'll always be there. Yes, correct. So I think that is something that I also want to bring about because many of times, like, for special needs, they only talk about the special needs and maybe the the caretaker, which is the parents. But a lot of times, the sibling is someone that is there, but yet nobody really talks about Mm. it. Yeah, so I hope like this podcast can not just help the people who are listening, but also myself to like process these feelings. And one thing also, I mean, apart from today, one night, the thing that Josie and I bond with is because when we talk about special needs, I don't have to fake a front. Like I don't have to feel like you don't have to be sorry for me, or you know, you don't have to feel bad for me. But I can just really like tell Josie like, okay, actually this is happening, and actually I'm worried. Like, how do you and your family cope with it? Then, at least there's that shoulder Support that I can... Yeah, there's that shoulder that it's I can... It's like the on.
2: understanding that like, you don't have to like keep explaining yourself. Correct. Like, oh, yeah, but don't worry, this is normal. Correct. Like you already
0: know it's yes. normal. And like she said, because we're both elder sisters, and we both have a younger brother that has a special need, so that's why I feel like I feel at ease talking to Josie about things that maybe other people don't get, or people feel like it's taboo to talk about like you know you in, in your school people would say like oh i'm so sorry to hear about that but it's not yeah, you know we true. should talk about it but i do feel that some people might not know how to react or know how to say the right things that maybe we just it's better off not talking about it
2: yeah you just want to be like considerate on their behalf, yeah call, right? correct
0: correct so in your case did it affect you know the way you grew up or you're growing up years
2: actually for me because whenever i talk about my brother it's always like oh yeah my brother is very cute or like my friends already find him cute like because i post videos on him of him last time and then like um they already know about his condition and they they don't really like ask any questions uh. they just go, oh yeah so cute so cute but more, more of Something that helped me Like find some people To relate to was If you know Minds Movement for Intellectually Disabled In Singapore It's an organisation With They have this programme This siblings programme Actually I was part of it Since I was 12 All the way until now so Because like, of your brother? Or yeah okay. So the school Joseph school Reached out to me There was this camp For the siblings of people With special mm. needs So the school asked me If I wanted to Like sign up So it was uh, An a camp held at Underwater World, Sentosa. Ah. So, of course, I was like,
0: oh, yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> like, I was there,
2: like, oh, because it's fun. At first, I didn't want to go because I was lazy, but then, like, Underwater World. Yeah, so I met a lot of other people mm. with their siblings, all had also, like special yeah. needs, so all intellectual disabilities.
0: And you're all the siblings, so you're already yeah. have that common Like, I mean, like for mm. me and Josie, yeah. right? Yeah,
2: so they, during the camp, they taught us like a lot of things, mm. like, the different disabilities or like how you can talk to your sibling how you can interact with your sibling better like maybe you learn about your friend's sibling's disability as well and then like moving on from that in the later years so we have like different age groups mm. right so that 12 year old one was like really early on they just introduced like how you understand like society and what like special needs then now in the program I'm in mean the young adults.
0: Oh, you're still in it. Yeah, I'm ah, still part okay, of it. Okay. Yeah, so
2: I'm in the young adults age group now, and they teach us things like um, preparing to take over the responsibility of main caregivers from your parents. So all these like skills are really very important because they teach you like options, what's out there. Now my brother is transitioning from school to work. Yeah. What can I do to help my parents? And like we also share our, our struggles. Like um, I think someone in the group was sharing like um, my parents still want to like take charge but I also want to be part of the decision making process for my sibling. I'm also my parents' child but at the same time I'm the caregiver of my sibling so the social workers like, do give us a bit of advice or like other siblings who already went through that similar mm, like phase yeah, yeah, will give each other advice.
0: Right here I can already tell the difference because I mean for Down syndrome it's like you will definitely not be able to go for mainstream schools right but for my brother because he's like high functioning so high functioning means that you can still function you know your day-to-day and like i said i don't know if i said this but my brother's PSLE was actually really good so he scored like 214 and he managed to go to express stream but actually when i knew that my brother got 214 and he was qualified for express i felt worried because i was in secondary school then really and it was so the rigor of the curriculum right it's so tough already i mean okay maybe because i really wanted to excel right (laughs) but i mean for my friends or what, we are all struggling as normal kids. Then how can my brother be put through this... this yeah, this whole genuine system. System? Yeah, It's oh. not easy leh. Like. Singaporean education is difficult. <laughs> Correct. For, for our standards, like, what more for him? But mm-hmm. my dad kept insisting, like, okay, if he qualifies for a normal school, so from primary, I mean, from kindergarten, from primary until secondary, then why deny him of that chance to be normal? Mm-hmm. So my dad has always want him to grow out of it his theory is that if let's say he goes to special needs school there might be people who are worse than him and he might deteriorate yeah that's true yeah Mm -hmm. but then again when you know when I hear your experience it does feel like they do take care of the sibling as well which is not something that
2: I think it's I a new have. program.
0: Ah, okay. <laughs> they but only I, like started it, so I'm one of the pioneer bachelors. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's good that they are paying attention to the sibling now because, like yeah, you said, it's the needs of the siblings are different. Correct, correct. I mean, a lot of times, like when my parents go for, uh, you know, his his, uh, therapy and all that, they would have already, you know, spoken to my mom and dad and make sure that you know they are okay. But I'm always not part of this because it's like, okay, you just just do your, so own. You're just, just grow child. up, yeah, just grow up well and go.
2: <laughs> yeah, but, but the reality is that we are going to take over as caregivers when no, our, right. when our parents inevitably go. Yeah.
1: Um yeah, I actually also remember I was in a in the, in a camp that was organized by Joseph school as well. Not by minds, but this one was by the Rainbow Center. It didn't really teach us like, you know, about the different um, you know, different special needs that are or how you can help your sibling or at least maybe i was too rebellious to remember <laughs> la. but it was an avenue for you know other siblings to meet as well mm. and to come together and i actually made a good friend there i mean at the time la, i mean obviously we've drifted apart but we were in contact for a while and i think you know it, it was a it's a starter la, to to actually provide that support group for siblings mm. because like you know how alison was sharing you know like When when she was growing up Her parents really focused upon her Mm -hmm. They forget about You know That the sibling needs to also Understand what's going on and, And also to To be provided the resources And the material And the knowledge To actually know What it is You know What is to come When the parents really go I think it's really very important And And really actually right Like Even though Joseph is, you know, a gift And he's really so special and lovable There are challenges as well, you know Just taking care of him And I think it's actually very important that The siblings who are growing up with him And who are actually also playing the role of a Of a younger parent Parent in that, you know, inverted common sense Have the support that, you know, actually they're not alone Yeah, like for me, I have two other siblings to go through this But I think it's really very different for Alison Who had to go through this alone And our lives... I mean me and Michelle and Marie, our lives were actually very immersed in um growing out with special needs because we had other church groups as well, um, called Faith and Light that, you know, allowed us to interact with other people with special needs as well. So we, we were really you know, it's nothing new to us. It felt very, very normal for us. But I think the experiences that we had are actually very different from the typical Singaporean mm. um sibling with special needs because firstly the support is not there. And I think Singapore being a very Asian culture, mm. special needs is still quite taboo. Yeah. It's actually quite um you know difficult to actually talk about it. It's, some people see it as an embarrassment, yeah. but like for us, because we had all these support groups, we we celebrated the special needs and the special things that they can bring to us. You know the joy, their love, the affection, which we you know I think you need to be taught how to appreciate that as well. Yeah. Yeah, because just, it doesn't come normal mm, yeah. It's different yeah. Because I mean we're also used to This cookie cutter society Right <laughs> That that when mm. You know When you have A person who is different They don't know how to behave yeah. They don't know what to expect And And that's where The socialising In that aspect Comes in yeah. as well yeah. yeah,
2: And also because Like if that difference Because it's something That is unfamiliar It's yeah. usually met with Negativity Or hostility sometimes Yeah
0: I mean like you know we brought up um caregiver you know our parents being the main caregiver and then transferring that to us one day in the near future and also obviously the financial um, responsibility that comes with it so i mean maybe we touch a bit on um our relationship with our parents so like i said um my relationship with my parents because of my younger sibling has always been like i'm the young adult like i have always been and i've always been expected to know what to do and to behave like an adult so i felt like i missed out on being a child which actually okay this is a bit digressing but then looking back right i felt like because with my parents i need to be good then when i was with my first boyfriend and i started dating quite young maybe because of this because you were growing up current, so fast. yeah that i was a brat with oh. my, boyfriend. <laughs> my ex-boyfriend i mean i was just acting out and I guess that was because I couldn't yeah. with my parents. Yeah, so then my parents and my relationship was that, okay, they always have this kind of expectations on me, but they don't say it. It's like self-imposed. But actually, up till now, I still don't know if it's I really want to do it or actually my parents were secretly hoping that I would be a good girl, but they didn't say out. Oh, and then you grew I mean, into the expectation. Oh, yeah. You no, know, that's...
2: Yeah, I didn't like when what you a like, <laughs> <laughs> like the chance to have someone to be close to you yeah. without the expectation, you just like, your inner child needs, yes. needs to yes, be met. Yes, your
0: inner child needs, that's, that's like the perfect word to describe. Yeah, but then, I mean, eventually, my relationship with my mom, we grew closer because, I mean, my, my mom is Christian, but my dad isn't. So, um, because of some things that happened in the family, my mom went back to church, she backslided when she married my dad. So, she brought me along and that was when uh, we grew much, much closer closer and then that i grew closer with him because i always found that he was a very cold person and i felt like you know during my growing up years i always felt like you know my dad is just here to provide shelter and money i didn't appreciate him for him until like much later when i was in jc suddenly he didn't need to work and then we had time to spend together he would still send me to school and that was when he's like okay i sent you to school but i'm not rushing anywhere so actually i can pick you from school like It was exam period and we could go home in like two three hours kind so i felt like wow this is the first time i actually dined out with just my dad and there was no pressure of life because he wasn't needed elsewhere and because i was having exams i just needed to go back and study so i felt like that was the bonding for us and then when i grew up um into working because my mom's a housewife so she doesn't have that kind of career mindset mindset to advise me so that was when i really rely on my dad and then, I mean, just a fun fact. So SMU wasn't my first choice because my results wasn't that great. I actually didn't know where to go. so you're so in SMU. <laughs> I know. <laughs> On hindsight. Yeah, but it was my mom and my dad that really put me out because I was very, very sad. So I was crying for like 12, 18 hours. Oh, like, every time oh. I wake up, I would like cry thinking like my future is ruined, especially with that self-imposed expectation, yeah, that right? You're
1: not going to the...
0: I assume it was still like Like a, a baby what, Yeah Like the top 3 units <laughs> It was like a 2 plus 1 <laughs> Yeah It was then, like
2: an Identity crisis Because yes. you were so used To being the top yes. That when something Didn't go your way You were just not you anymore Yeah and I
0: felt like Would I lose my parents Love for me mm. Yeah I felt like I had to Earn it and at that time, it was two my grades. So it was only then that I was very devastated. And then they told me like, just go. We'll fetch you to SMU and then go for the open house. We'll be there to ask the questions and all that. So I mean, I don't know about you, but a lot of my friends would go with their friends to, like their JC friends to, you know, different unis. Like, hey, which would school you want to go? You wanna go? <laughs> um, Yeah, but I went to all three uni, like NTU, NUS and SMU, all with my parents, with my mom especially. So I think it was then that I suddenly could become a child and I could rely on them again that our relationship, started to improve and grow closer and then now you know with that piece that you know my parents love me even if i'm not even if you fail yes then i start to think like hey how come i was like that how come i thought that way last time yeah so so that was how the progression of me and my parents relationship have been since the diagnosis i would say yeah
1: I'm so glad it got better then. <laughs> I mean like and, and it sounds like You know it, it, it actually shone through Difficult moments In your family's life as well
2: Yeah Remember I just remember Being very close to my siblings More so than parents, parents Yeah But parents have always been Very supportive mm. Like really very supportive And like um, Especially with Having I think I don't know whether Having Joseph With his Down syndrome Like Made them Even more like um, accepting accepting life yeah. so like for example um, i was always the the weird child yeah, yeah i think we got different parents and eh? my experience is very
1: different
2: <laughs> <laughs> like i'm okay i'm the weird child it's very apparent like you look at me now i look very different from no, my sisters <laughs> like my sisters have like prim and proper looking girls i have like pink hair bright pink hair cropped my hair is cropped my hair is bright my makeup is crazy. My outfits are, like, crazier. Yeah. So, like, I go out I go out in public looking like this. And my parents never bat an eyelash. I think a lot of my friends, my friend's parents, they ask me, Huh? Your, your mother okay. allow this. Uh. Yeah. Your hair like this can. Uh. Your piercings can. Uh. Then, like, I'm like, yeah. She never said anything about it. As long as I'm not breaking any rules. You're not like, harming- Anyway, yeah, like, it's not it's not illegal, it's not against my school rules, like my school allows this or like I'm not doing something indecent that will get me into trouble then my parents are totally fine, they let me do anything I want Okay like I mean I have to give my parents
1: credit that they always, they've always been very supportive of anything me as we well Yeah so, I mean, the only challenges were obviously during my rebellious teenage years oh, of Where I really was a rebel without a cause I think like if I look back also, like I would be like Hating. Like, oh my god, Joe, what were you we doing? But I think just growing up as an older sibling My dad never really had expectations on how I should behave But um, when I was growing up, actually my mom always tell me like You have to behave like a certain way She literally would tell me like You cannot do this, you cannot do that Because your younger siblings are looking up at you and i think you know it might have subconsciously um ingrained in me that i had to behave a certain way or i had to look after my siblings so growing up i feel like i grew into this role of a xiao mama i really look out for joseph and the two other siblings but more for joseph uh, because i mean our age gap is nine years but the thing is that i think because i grew into this role and i really really I really love him la. I'm an overly attached Nona <laughs> I'm really really Overly attached to Joseph Okay so Because I really grew Into this role, right my, my parents Have really actually Told me la That they are very um, Comforted by the fact That um, I I have told them before You know that You know Mom that When you're uh, When you're older When you can no longer Take care of Joseph Like He Will stay with me And it's actually One of the Prerequisites for my partner as well Like, like if you
2: want to marry her You know like The whole is package comes The one plus
1: yeah. and, and I think like it, It's It's I know it's a bit not fair For my partner But like It's something that comes along With me lah la, yeah. You know And if you cannot accept That I have You know Someone that I will have To take care of You know Whether is it to house him Or to you know Support him financially You know If you cannot accept that Then That's the deal breaker Same for me Unfortunately That is a deal breaker Because Joseph Is a very big part of my life And even though You know I'll be setting up Another family With somebody else He is still someone that He meaning Joseph Is still someone that I will I will need to And I will want To take care of him Because if I don't Take care of him Who else is going to Take care of him As in I mean we have the siblings
0: But there's no other people who will take care of him. Really. I think for me, the difference is like you grew into that role. But for me, it's like I have to take on the role irregardless of whether I want to. Like for you, it's like you need and you want. But for me, it's like I need to, but I'm not sure if I actually want to. Because mm. I mean, growing up, he, my parents have been taking care of him, and I've been you know so independent that if I need to, I mean, when I step up into the role, right, actually, I'm not sure also if I can do the job. Like will I be just giving him the financial support and then you know we each live our lives independently or or what? You know? Like I, I think that's the difference then
2: Like the caretaking dynamic correct is different. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And also I mean with my with my parents and my brother, it's that kind of uh, relationship so it's like okay I take care of your basic needs because of his condition he cannot verbalize his thoughts and emotions mm. properly so mm. it gets very basic like it's like okay as long as your your daily needs are taken care of you know you have enough money you have, you eat you you know you sleep well you we provide a roof over your head that's it so that's something that we we'll also um, have to think about in the future I mean um, alongside the financial responsibilities lah so that brings us to our next question which is um having this kind of uh, additional financial responsibility with a uh, special needs um, sibling. So for myself, the current plan that I know of is that my dad has a store at Holland Village Piazza if you are interested to visit and say hi to Papa Ong. But yeah, so the store is meant to train up my brother, either him having to work there and then you know earning his kid, or if the business does well, then we can employ someone, then we can be like a silent, um, like a silent business partner so you know the the day-to-day will be manned by you know a, a third party yeah so that's that's as far as i know honestly um i have spoken to my dad about you know what are the plans moving forward but he seems to be not as willing or as open to share i think because he also doesn't want to worry me so that's all i know for now
2: i think for us um in regards of like the future and all these kind of like important like big important things um, for one you and today have signed for the ship of TT yeah. yeah so like we are really starting like to parents have really started the transition thing and I think okay for me personally I think about my future my future plans if I want to for example, I'm planning to move overseas to work or maybe get married there. The second question I asked myself aside from do I want to do this is what will happen to Joseph? Who is going to take care of him or like how am I still going to be part of this caregiver like dynamic because I cannot just thrust everything onto Tessa. It's not it's not her responsibility to take on Joseph single-handedly and I cannot just be there to like financially support I still need to do my part in taking care of Titi being part of his life being a caregiver is not just having your needs met for me being a caregiver to my brother is, is making sure that my love for him is still felt by him and how can I like do that and how can I support my sister emotionally financially there's so so many uncertainties in all this because there's three of us to take care of one person how are we going to do this we cannot just let you like do everything even though you say you want to it's a bit like
1: taking care of your elderly parent mm. but your sibling mm. in this case i mean i'm the tatjie right and i think growing up for me it's always been you know me looking out for my younger siblings and always wanting to be the one that can protect them so i think naturally like if i want to protect them so just to explain deputyship. yeah so like you know like if it's all the contract all the legal stuff Joseph will not be able to do that by himself Because he's not considered of sound mind So then you know um, We will be the ones that will be Reviewing
0: and
2: f- making that Final sign off on his behalf And even that final sign off has a lot of Paperwork and background
0: Okay, yeah. Because like for my, I think maybe because he's high functioning I don't have this mm. like thing. So I guess he is able to Make his own decisions if the time comes Which is a bit scary for me Now that I think about it guess yeah. it's because
2: um, I think his school because mm. Joseph went to mm. a special school right he went for the special needs path then they, when he was graduating the teachers asked us if we wanted to do the deputyship mm. first before he turns 21 I feel like this conversation has really brought out the importance of a support group
1: and you know um, how the institutions in Singapore have actually played a part la, in, in you know educating us as well because I think if the, the teachers didn't tell us about this deputyship
0: thing we We'd wouldn't know curious. about it as well yeah, yeah and that's like my case if I don't speak to you know people who are in the same situation as me then I wouldn't know and it's like we're not talking about it like it's like CN. it's like these are things that need to be done yeah, this is important that, like, have you done it? yeah it's like resources that we should make use of and talk like check in with, with other people in the same mm. situation yeah okay so I think to wrap things up maybe we want to share one thing that you know you hope society will know and um, continue to grow um, in terms of you know meeting someone with special needs and also an advice that you can give to another person who may have a sibling with special needs there's so many
2: things I want to say I think for one is that even though these people have intellectual disability I think you should like there are still people at the end of the day and you should still give them the same respect that you give to someone who is neurotypical yeah.
1: so I mean building on that right like this um, this thing that my dad actually told me that really stuck in my mind like for a very long time and this is what I tell my friends as well is that you know they may be you know what you call mentally disabled but they are so 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 emotionally able and us you know like us inverted commas, normal people, you know, we are mentally able, but you know, in, in fact, we're actually very emotionally disabled, and you know, that's how we really balance out each other, you know, they they have so much to bring to the table as well, you know, we have so much stresses in life, but look at them, they are happy people, they don't need to worry about their next meal, their next paycheck, their job, they are, they are so carefree, nothing in the world, you know, disturbs them, even if they are upset, they get over it, Quickly And and they move on Yeah Yeah. And this is something that Is really a blessing You know Don't you think Uh, Yeah And you know Whenever people tell me You know I'm sorry That your brother Has special needs I'm like no I'm so glad That my brother Has Down syndrome You know I'm so glad That he has special needs Because He has brought So much joy To my life I really really Cannot imagine Um Him being neurotypical Yeah, I I, I wouldn't want him to be Yeah, I know I (laughs) wouldn't want him to be any other way And so I feel You know, for someone else Who who has a sibling with special needs If you're listening to this You know, your sibling Is also very capable of bringing you a lot of joy But you have to let go of the expectation Of how you want your sibling to be You know, you cannot compare them to Your friend's sibling who is neurotypical Because your sibling will never be that way But open your heart and allow your sibling to love you and you know when you can open your heart in that way you will be able to see the joys that he can bring he or she can bring to you and you will be able to be happy to too happy to call him or her your sibling
0: yeah what great for me my hope is that you know society will be not so quick to say sorry that you know you have a special needs kid but rather to be curious i mean today we're just covering two right like down syndrome and then asperger and even asperger is not something that is like super widely talked about or you know but i think um, i have had some feedback like oh would you mind sharing you know what it means or how does it uh, show on your brother you know these kind of questions make me feel like they are interested to understand and that they are sympathetic towards my situation rather than feeling sorry for for my situation and then you know when i get this kind of response it makes me feel happy to share also because sometimes i don't want them to feel imposed by listening to me like talk about my brother when they actually are not interested but yeah so just you know be open be curious but obviously in a kind way you know to show your sincerity and and um, yeah just you know stand in support for for your friend and um, for someone who also may be in the same situation as us where we have a special needs sibling i think really i don't know if you know you would have that courage in your teens to want to speak to your parents in that rational non-biased way but i mean if you listening this and you're in your teens which i mean even now you know in my age where you know i'm able to process my emotions better to speak to someone about it to have friends that you can trust are you know in the same situation as you or can understand they may not be in the same situation but they can relate and understand um, with you and for me you know just having a listening ear helps elevate my problems and make it seem like it's not as big as it was in my head yeah. And you're not the only one that's going yeah. to yeah. yeah. For for me that works too, you know. Say the problem out and then, you know, suddenly it's like, Hey, actually it's not that bad when I just keep thinking about it in my yeah. mind without verbalising. Yeah, because when it's in your mind it
1: festers
2: and it worsens. But when you talk it out, it gives you that perspective as well.
0: Yeah. So yeah. true. Yeah.
2: I think maybe like if you're scared to talk to your family because you don't want to burden them with your needs there are organizations out there who deal with people with special needs and some of them also handle like the siblings and the family members of people with special needs and they are professionals so they can always give you guidance and advice always reach out yeah
1: yeah okay. you're not alone yeah just remember that you're not alone
0: yeah so i hope this podcast is helpful and meaningful and it's also very therapeutic for me to you know, verbalize all these thoughts that I've been thinking about and wanting to share but not knowing what avenue or who to go to to really have that deep understanding of what I'm trying to talk about. Thank you everyone for tuning in to episode 5 and I hope you found this episode informative and interesting. To be honest, this has been on my mind since I decided to start my podcast and to have Josie and Michelle on the show was really something that I envisioned right from the start. So I'm really glad that we got this episode out. If you are a sibling of a special needs child and you would like to reach out, feel free to DM me at the Pod on Instagram or if you're looking for professionals, you can also check out the Mind Sibling Program or Mindsips for short They are a community of care for siblings of persons with special needs in their journey of caring for their siblings with special needs So thank you so much for tuning in once again Merry Christmas, Happy New Year and we'll see you in 2022 Thank you, goodbye